everybody. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast, the Welsh rugby podcast that thought the rain had stopped. But I don't know about you, Biz, but it just started pissing down again here in Bridge End. Uh, it's just just starting, you know. So lovely. It's just yeah. been grim, isn't it? I, I, well, I, it's literally grim. I, I thought it was meant to stop today. Like I thought two o'clock is stopped. I thought this is it. That's done now. We're we're past the worst of it. And yeah. Um, I've been fixing leaks left, right, and centre. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you know, but I, I moved house recently, so <laughs> oh, yeah. um, we got a flat roof, yeah. bit of water coming in there, and uh, the shed as well is basically a mould inhabited swamp. So I've been <laughs> doing my best. To... Mine's exactly the same. Pal. I got I got so much to do up there. Yeah. I haven't had a dry day to do it. No, this is it. It's, I got a crack in the render see, and I I kind of wanted to dry out a bit before I before I fill it, um, but. I, d- I don't know if I'm having another chance. But yeah, there we go. Uh, what have you up to today, But You're back in work? Yeah, back in work this week. Um, had uh, a Santos Jets training session this evening. Oh, lovely. Ready for the Challenge Cup next week. So I'll just come back from that. And uh, yeah, just getting back into routine, isn't it? Yeah, man. How, how did the training go? Yeah, good. So we got um, um, ex-Super League player Ben Flower. Oh, hi. Helping us out with the training. So yeah. um yeah, it's took a lot from it to be fair. It's um, yeah. it's good having somebody there who's been at the highest level. Yeah. And uh, it, it it definitely makes a difference. Oh I bet, I bet. Yeah. It's um I I guess like people uh, athletes who've been at the top level just sort of like notice things that some of us wouldn't even think of, like um and quite often it's it's, it's it, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the attention that they command as well. Yeah. You know, you've got Something like that was given their knowledge and given their perspective, and you listen to them a bit, bit more. Yeah, because you know they've been there, done it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you might be wondering where Mikey Harris is now. I have just admitted him to the meeting, and I think we're about to get him back. I can see him. Can we hear him? We can. There he is. Good evening, Michael. How is it going? Yeah, no. Apologies for the, for my absence. No, that's all right. We've been discussing, uh, we've been discussing Liam's jets training, my leaks, and uh, well, water based, not vegetable based. What, what about you, Mikey? What have you been uh, up to this evening? Oh, you suggest you're saying uh, water based. I had a very water based day to do, to, day to day too. Uh, LC two in Swansea for the afternoon. Oh, here we go. So uh, yeah, splashing about in it down the slides, pool noodle. <laughs> I'd um. <laughs> I found out with this with this pool noodle I've got, right? Well, I say I've got, Little has got. It's hollow. And of course it's it's quite flexible. Yeah. So I thought, right, let's have a bit of fun with this, is it? So I dipped it on the water. Say, it full of, this is a family podcast, Michael. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Right. <laughs> Filled this pool noodle full of water and sort of wrapped it around myself and and blew through the one end. And they fired out like a bazooka on the other end. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, this is so much fun. So I was doing this. <laughs> doing it for a bit, doing it for a bit. Then, right, the shot couldn't have been more perfect. Caught this fella square in the year. <laughs> I, I didn't. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I am so sorry. And he's like, don't worry about it, but it's fine. Lucky he doesn't know I do a podcast, otherwise he wouldn't listen anymore. Well, it sounds like he would be medically unable to if he's being treated for an ear infection by... <laughs> Something like that. 
Jesus. I, I didn't know you could be kicked out of a swimming pool in your late 30s, but there we go. Right? <laughs> Closer to 40 than 30 as well, let's put it like that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we'd better do the admin. Then you've been listening to me. I'm Reese. Uh, we've also got Mikey and Liam with us tonight. Uh, get in touch with the podcast on X. We are at FL Rugby Pod. I am at RJJ Blue and Black. Mikey is at Mikey S. Harris. And Liam is at Biz1984. Slow news week this week, boys. So I think we might just go straight into the URC round nine, uh, which happened on Monday. Um, and we can sort of talk about that to our heart's content. So, so some good to you, boys. Yeah, let's do a yeah. bit of a longer piece on the uh, on, on the Cardiff Ospreys game, please. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm full of that Scarlet's game. <laughs> Sorry, ready for this. I thought you might be. Well, we'll go in chronological order just to uh, draw it out a bit for Biz. Um, yeah, so we start in Bridgend where Ospreys beat Cardiff 27-21. I'll come to you first, Biz. Will you talk about, uh, should we just get to talk about the conditions out of the way first and then talk about the rest of the game? Because um, I feel like it's what everybody's been talking about is the game. Yeah, being... and it's... it's... Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? And I, obviously, we already know Mikey disagrees, but it's it's twenty twenty four now. It's a professional game, and we shouldn't really be playing in our sort of conditions. Professionals should be adaptable. Yes, I'm not saying they shouldn't, and they they, they they do get paid a lot of money. To, right. So, in, 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 it's, in, an, it's an entertainment industry. It's it's a professional game, and you know. If that game was Bridgend versus Swansea, that game is called off every day of the week. In but that's the difference with the social, socio-economic reasons I mean, because the, whole, the game went ahead. The reason it went ahead was because of the, of, of the nature of the game, but it shouldn't. Them conditions just, it, it shouldn't happen. Non, Non-professional rugby, not anymore. Fortnight ago, that pitch was perfect. It just so happens we'd had an absolute oh, deluge ring. The weather's been grim. It's been grim for the last three weeks. It hasn't stopped. But you look at, you know, Scarlets, Parker Scarlets, that's a grass field. You know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a professional, no, no, it's, just, it's a grass field. And it's a professional, <laughs> profession, but, and I know they've got professional groundskeepers and yes. they, they, you know, they get paid for that, I get that. But that's, that's where we're at. It's a semi-professional venue in a professional game. I'm all for a bit of mud. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, it, it was, it, it was, I'm happy enough to see mud, but there's mud and there's this. And like, I think what we saw, and I, I said this to um, a couple of people at the ground actually, is that it started getting to the point where the game was beginning to get um, decided by chaotic events. So like, you think of tennis to be as sort of weird slice kickoff. Uh, you know that doesn't happen. Yeah. On a night, oh, and of course, and like you said, it's a great leveler. <laughs> um, it is. You know. Um, it... <laughs> And I, I think come the second half, the Ospreys did were more streetwise in those conditions. But I think the thing that irks me is you, you can't have one foot in an amateur setting and one foot in a professional setting, right? So, like, I'm fairly apathetic about the actual pitch. I mean, okay, maybe they could level it so it's flat, but um, and then I give the mud maybe a bit more. But, like, it's just little things. So, like, like Biz was saying before we came on, like apparently there wasn't enough hot water after the game. Um, you know, there's very limited seating for such a large crowd. And like the thing that irked me was 
it was £18 for two bags of chips and two bottles of Coke. Now, the, if I would go to an amateur game, I would amateur prices. <laughs> take, take it back just... 10 years, yeah? Take it back 10 years. Look, look, at the car, look at the Owls Park 10 years ago Grim. before they had their pitch done. Every man and their dog would complain about that pitch in the winter every single week. Oh, it needs to be updated. It, it can't go on like this. And all of a sudden, we go back to one game in the brewery field and, pe- and people are saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, I like the mud. Yeah, before we had plastic pitches, right, artificial surfaces to play on, we knew no better. We we were ignorant to the fact no, that it was not limited. We are we do know better. Yeah, on, only because someone come along with the idea, oh, yeah, let's go from natural environment yeah, to, to oil-based plastic. You look at it's not doing the environment any good having that impact, is it? You, you know, look it's, at it's every not... single game in the, over the festive period, over the season, and that is the only game that played in them conditions in, on, on that sort of pitch in them facilities. Let's not forget, Biz, you were a fair weather player. It's, it's not the point. Well, it's it is. I mean, you have an opinion based on, on what you think is right. I mean, like rugby is a winter sport played in winter conditions yes, but in it's this country. It's not division Be, three west. You look at the... Look around the world then, right, in comparison. You compare this country to New Zealand, it's got a similar, you know, it's on a similar latitude with similar weather conditions and they play their rugby in the same time of year in in the summer which is rainy isn't it the other yeah. summer which is rainy down there i'm not aware of any grumblings from anyone in the southern hemisphere about the conditions like that yeah, but the professionals they don't and they don't get play, on the professionals don't play a professional game in them sort of facilities and i mean but they do when they go back and play for the home clubs you see it quite a lot as well i mean even around the welsh prem i mean like aren't you play on plastic for example um and we've got a weird thing in Wales yeah, where we play on plastic as well, and where we sort of build rugby pitches on reclaimed land next to rivers. So, like you know, the brewery field is right next Ooh. to the river. <laughs> the, the Arms Park's right next to the tap. Like you couldn't have built the rugby pitch in a more right. waterlogged, bloody place. It was the only flat patch of grass they could find. I mean, it was on the, the flood, same. It was on the floodplain. Yeah, <laughs> Bedwas is the same. I mean, they call it, what, what's, what's Bedwas called? Bridgefield or something like that, or. Riverbank feel or something like that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm sure it's something to do with like well, no, a Pont- bridge or a river. Yeah, well, Pont de Clean is exactly the same as well. It's, um, you know, it's, it's quite rare, really. You get somewhere like, uh, well, Nelson. Nelson's not particularly next to a river, is it? Um, oh, we're not getting flooded. Oh, we're not getting flooded, no. Yeah, Camp Ryan, I suppose, is a good one. Pont- actually, it'll run off the hill down into Mikey's house. Actually, <laughs> I-, I tell a lie, right? There's been situations on the bottom field, which yeah. is not owned by Nelson Rugby Club, okay. where the linesman's had to double up as a lifeguard. <laughs> and physio and physio as that rather snorkel on yeah because <laughs> um, I, 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 I think, just think we need we need to do better it's it's the it's, it, for me I know that the, the pitch is the focus because you know you get some really uh, epic sort of films filmed footage on you of, of the players kind of covered in mud and all this but I think for me it's the facilities and like you know the, the TV feed cutting out um, ten minutes from the end, like that isn't on for a professional sport. Like most like, of the money comes with, from TV revenue now. With, with that in mind, right? You know, when they were going around the clubs, you know, twenty years ago, mm. before before the institutionalisation of regional rugby, that was the norm. You go around to the likes of Bridgend, Sardis Road, Virginia Park, uh, you know, Stradley Park, the Knoll, St Helens, right? And I'm sure 
the the, the television producers, the, the the tech men, tech sorry, tech people would have been fit and ready and know exactly what needs to happen. And now you've got these new stadiums like Swansea.com, like Park Scarlets, which have you know better facilities. But we're talking about a different time period. And the people who are obviously in their positions knowing how to manage the environmental factors, which are working against every man and his man, woman, child and his dog, knew how to manage them them situations. Now so I doubt there's that kind of I don't have that kind of expertise anymore to deal with that because again we've been treated to a sterile environment with sterilized rugby. I mean, I, I wouldn't call it sterilized rugby, but I think what we're saying there is work conditions have become better for people who are lugging filming equipment around and yeah. I think it's very far too easy for very far too easy far too long. Things should be getting easier, like <laughs> that's this that's the arc of progress. Yeah, exactly. It's a professional game. <laughs> let's let's get ourselves out of our comfort comfort zone, boys. Game. You know. Like the Ospreys made a big deal about it being a sellout. There's only eight thousand people there. But they sold the stadium out. Yeah, but there was eight thousand people there. On paper it's a sellout. There was more people in the Alps Park on Boxing Day and in Park of Scarlets. It, it, you you can't make a big thing about eight thousand. Of course you can. Doing, no, you can't. I, I think they'd. I think that. they'd have sold more tickets if it was in the Liberty. Yeah, probably upwards of ten thousand, around the ten thousand mark. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like going going back to just the the sort of stadium experience. I mean, like I, I know the Arms Park right is not really fit for purpose. The pitch is good, but beyond that, it's starting to crumble a bit. But, you know, like when we were trying to get out of. Um, Gate four, you know, there's just this huge fucking puddle, you know, that everyone was slowing down and sort of couldn't quite get around because there was like subsidence on the at the gate, and just things like that sort of make it hard to be a fan, you know. But you know, the feeling the people who've, who've gone who go there on a regular basis, like is you know, all right, yeah, fans will travel, and maybe it's been a bit of an eye opener for those over the 20, last twenty years who've only known regional rugby, who've only known. You know the four teams, like you know, you got those of a generation our ilk who are familiar with the teams of yesteryear. We'll have to call them like the Flatley, like the Swansea, like the Neath, like the Newports, Cardiff, Ponties, etc. I could go on. I won't. You know, we accepted standing on a cold terrace on a wet Wednesday or, or a wet Saturday evening or a wet Friday night. We accepted it. Standing there, sharing body heat, walking through puddles. That was what made us feel comfortable. And I mean, we've been taken out of our comfort zone and put in something nice and sparkly and fresh and new, which is probably equally as uncomfortable as it is comfortable for those who are, who are not so familiar with it. I mean, I was standing in the Arms Park 10 years ago when we had regional rugby and it was, the pitch was grim <laughs> and we were all going, this is fucking grim. <laughs> And, you know, we still stand there when it's pissing down uh, in the I rain. I stood next to you of late. Yeah. And I know yeah. it's, it's not pleasant standing in the <laughs> yeah. rain. Yeah, you, but... can, you can still have your sort of uh, sadistic, masochistic uh, sort of self... But that's what Welsh rugby is, is built on, is, oh, don't, don't is, is wrong, masochism. You're right, you're yes, right there. You've yeah. got to evolve, my God. You've got to evolve with the times. It's 2024, not 1984. Doesn't mean we're going to play on plastic, though, does it? It does in Wales because well, it, does, we get. it doesn't mean you got to play on plastic, but it means maybe, maybe we should drain our pictures and make sure they're flat. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but then you it, know, it, it was a novelty <laughs> that obviously didn't work out. There's been a lot. Oh, of I disagree. I absolutely disagree. You know, the, the the hospitality lorry was uh was a big success, wasn't it? Oh, look, you know, but you you better than that, Biz. <laughs> but you better than that, right? I 
I know you are. Uh, so there's even, even Big that. Jim and John Barkley commenting about it. The, the story, know? the story there is that it wasn't actually the hospitality truck, was it? Because no, before the game, it was it was a stage, and I think some people just. We're like, oh shit, that looks dry, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I, I think that's a, I, I think that's a bigger thing. See, is there's actually right. Well, everywhere else is soaking wet. I'm gonna go stand in the back of that truck, and I don't care who's well, trying to stop me. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good luck either. And, and to, to to be fair, I've been a Bridgend Rugby Club for a few functions, and to be fair, it's a very nice setup. There, I like. So I was on the wrong side. I, I, I was think... I was on the um, standing only side. But yeah, the other side I've been before to watch. Cardiff play Bridgend Ravens a couple of seasons ago and yeah you know you get out your seat you go in the tunnel you're in the bar it's, it's actually quite handy um but yeah on on I and I know it was a freak it was, you know, it was a storm of a name wasn't it this weekend so like it's yeah. it's bit pretty freakish but I think Biz is right if that was a smaller scale game it wouldn't have gone ahead hmm hmm but we don't know I, th- they didn't. I think what one one positive they can take out of it is I think Ospreys need to either look at the bridge, you know, the Brewerfield or St. Helens and, and redevelop either of them and, and have their own ground. Yeah. Because yeah. they're never going to fill the, the Liberty or whatever it's called these days. And you're better off having, having a full stadium, even if it is 8,000, than an empty hollow shell, basically. And I think, only... you know, if they've got their own place, they could work on that. The only place they're going to have it would probably be somewhere around their training facility in, in training facility in Sandarsi. And that's not unachievable to get to. Well, I have heard rumours they're going to redevelop St. Helens. Again, mm. whether that goes ahead is another thing. I think with, you know, the Ospreys, with how they run in their operation, you know, one true region, totally agree. Thrown off the shackles of anything to do with any club within their region. And going ahead, it encompassing everyone and everything, which I think is the right way to do. I think to to redevelop St Helens and play out the St Helens Hooli would alienate a few a few supporters, particularly coming from the upper islands. I I think we overstate how hard it is to get from Carmarthen to Swansea. Like it's twenty five minutes. This this is not hard. Like you know, no, it's not. I, I I agree. Like you know, but. I think there was a they play out of Swansea, but they play in black. Yes, is honouring the Nathan Swansea connection. However, to thrive and survive, I believe they need something of they would need eventually something of their own. Oh, yeah, totally. They're not the they're not the um you know the, the, the primary holders of the Swansea.com stadium. And and fair enough, if they're only ground sharing, of course, and they they're the, the second team there. Right, fine that should open up eyes, like Biz have said, to get their own facility. And, you know, I think to redevelop either, you know, Bregend, Aberavon, um, the Knoll or St. Helens. Or St. Helens, really, I suppose, because that spot was muted. Lush ground as after well. that. It's not a bad ground, particularly in the sun watching the Barbas. Lovely, uh, no, no, I mean, like, <laughs> a lovely setting, isn't it? Like, it's... Yeah, on, on the seafront there. Absolutely classy. And I like... You know, you you could have it so that you can have some quirks of geography making games tricky. So, you know, if you do build a new stand, you could have this one end exposed to the sea breeze. You know, and, uh, yeah. the, or- the orientation for me does it in St Helens. The the pitch is off to the to the stand because of the cricket club. Yeah. So that 
I don't think with the cricket club being there, I don't think that's going to change much. So they'd have to sort of maybe, I don't know, oust the cricket club for the benefit of the Ospreys. Not sure if that's going to work, uh, but they'd have to square, they'd have to square, it, square it up somehow. But, I'm, I'm familiar with the struggles of uh, clubs versus clubs in the same club. <laughs> mm. yeah. It's a very interesting conversation, but I think, you know, when you have your own stadium, you, you, you're pretty much asking the same people to shell out at the same every time. Like, you know, the same people are paying for the same tickets, paying for the same beer behind the same bar, bar your travelling fans. I mean, look at how New Zealand run their international fixtures. They take it around the country. Yes, they've got more fitting stadiums, bigger stadiums around their country. But, and I mean, New Zealand's fucking massive the side as well. Do something similar. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, scale it down <laughs> to Australia, not necessarily New Zealand. I mean, Australia do this, Australia do the same as well. So, so does South Africa. They seem to take their games around different, bigger stadium, bigger population. Anyway, I digress. Like, Can I just if jump they in? weren't going to invest in a, in a new stadium. New Zealand is more than 10 yeah. times bigger in terms of land area than Wales. So it makes sense for them to play in four stadiums. Oh, yeah, I get it. It makes sense. But, yeah, you know, like I said, digress. If the Ospreys wanted that outreach, you know, much in the same way I think Cardiff could have a similar outreach going north towards the, north up the A470, they could save the commas, they, they would build a new stadium and redevelop and, you know, on, and develop on Bridgend, Neath, Swansea and Aberavon to make sure that they were up to a minimum standard of holding regional rugby. I'm just going to engage a lot more fans then. I'm just doing some maths in the background. You could fit Wales into South Africa 61 times. Jesus. Yeah. Just South, just South Africa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. so, well, uh, are, you, are you including Soweto in that as well? Or? Uh, I, I'm just going back with a napkin uh, <laughs> calculation. So, I think because this is getting quite meandering, much like the uh, rivers on which we find our rugby pitches, shall we, we actually talk about the on-the-field action? Uh, from my point of yeah. view, um, I said it at about 50 minutes to somebody, Um I've said it before, Cardiff need, when they're ahead, to develop a sensible game to put teams under defensive pressure just to keep them pinned back, to make them do stupid things. Because we we try to keep playing what was successful when the weather was a little bit better. And for me, that's where the wheels fell off and why we got dragged into that mole fest and that scrum fest and started giving away penalties left, right and centre. I don't know what you boys think. It's a game, game, I think, that went to the bay of conditions. Mm. You know, the, the team not weather the conditions, no pun intended, fair the better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in in regards to the weather, you know, it should have been a dire affair, but to be fair, it was quite entertaining. Mm. Um, you know, watching the two teams go for it and actually try and throw the ball about a bit. Again, two sensational tries. There was, there was no, there was, yeah, Mason Grady had no right score in that try from the yeah. up and under from Cavalier. It's like that yeah. was that doesn't happen on days like that. That was outstanding. And then obviously Morgan Morse's try. Oh. You know, where that came where that came from was just does does he on the first one but does he do does he do that on a full G does he do that on a full G pitch? I I, I, I was wondering yeah. actually I'm not so sure because footing would be better for the defenders. I, I, yeah, like, because I was watching, I was like, right, hang on. There's, five, there's, there's, there's four or five of them, you know, one of them's going to get it. I was like, oh, no, nobody can actually get any traction. <laughs> like, 
Like, don't take anything away from it. Like, he played the conditions. And he, yeah, and that, he, he realized he had the forward momentum. You know, it's hard to overcome that when uh, when the ground is like enough. it was. I suppose he's young enough. Was he eighteen to realize yeah. what it is to play on a muddy park? No, some of them, some of them players, they are going to spend the entire professional career playing on plastic, or the best part of a season on plastic, training on plastic, playing on plastic. So he's coming from a, a generation of players who are still probably, you know, getting used to playing on plastic on a more regular basis. So you got you got you got to tip your hat to him, though. You know, yeah, just, uh, the way he took the ball. Well, the he, way, it's, you know, it's just, he, it was just gutsy, wasn't it? It was. It was a class try. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's and that's the thing. Like I say, Cardiff for the first half from Cardiff, Cardiff were very strong. You know, very very strong. Corner in half time looked like there's only one winner. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, then, it was at that point I was like, we need to score next, and then we need to be sensible, and we just didn't. Like our yeah. game, our game management when we're ahead is actually quite bad. Like we need to keep. We we the our game plan seems to be we need to keep scoring silly spectacular tries. To win the match, but like when when you're up by, I mean, at one point, what was it, twenty one twelve? When you're up by nine points with twenty five yeah. minutes to go, I think you start to play the conditions a bit better and just keep pinning Ospreys back and make them do the work because we've the stats have shown as well this season we keep players on the pitch for longer because our depth is so shit. So yeah. we need to spend less time with the ball sometimes. Uh, Mikey, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to put do next. I mean, yes, I think Cardiff have established they have a first 15. And like we've seen that sale game last season. I mean, Domachowski and Azrati were bossing yeah. it up front and they brought Dylan Lewis and Carry on. You've seen a marked difference when Carry come on. I know we see he's a great around the park. However, where it matters, you know, in the scrum, he's getting put up in the first scrum by a prop who's been on there an hour already. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a good set of conditions for Kari, was it? Like like Kari couldn't get his it feels weird to say Kari couldn't get his running game or his carrying game going. Um and yeah, of course he hasn't got that much of a scrummaging game. So yeah, it was ain't like it just wasn't a game for him. And I think we might actually be better off playing one of our younger sort of reserve loose heads if there is somebody, you know, we could have maybe gone team selection a bit better there. Or maybe if we'd have looked at the web forecast you, a bit, you were saying we call on a Cardiff, like, call on a Cardiff rugby club player. No, I think we, I think we've got. Um, I can't, I can't think of where it would have been. We would be no, but I think there's a young loose head, like third choice loose head somewhere. I, can't, I just can't think of his name right now. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe that would have been a better call. Um, or even do they? If we're on me, if we had a, one eye on the weather forecast uh, and we were a bit more accurate, maybe we'd have started Ricari when pitch wasn't quite so you know torn up and then brought on uh, Domachowski later on you can't leave carry on there for an hour in um, conditions you haven't got, you haven't got the, the scrum you haven't got the legs under him in the scrum the first half wasn't that bad from where I was standing in terms of the actual pitch like it was it was only you know when the drizzle really started coming down in the, at half time where it uh, really started like you could see like once Ospreys started mauling in the second half there was no friction like Everything was just sliding. They like you were damned. <laughs> um, it wasn't quite like that in the first oh, half. Yeah, yeah. So I just wonder if, but I think it might have been the way to go. But the, the Australians have got that bit of grit about them at the moment. Yeah, Not definitely. Where the the second half, they come out the second half, and they, they it's like they're comfortable allowing teams to run at them in the first half, yeah. knowing that they're going to come out the second half and they're going to have that 
bit more of a boost. They done it against us. You know, they they caught the second half and just you know they just wanted it that much more. I think it was the same against you guys. It, it was a case of first half, right? Let them do what they need to do, and second half we'll do our thing. Yeah, imagine if, they, seemed, imagine if they try, if they could actually put you know not to yeah. try in a course if they put an eighteen minute performance in, yeah, exactly. like you know, and, yeah. and, and dominated from the off. Like you know, I love the fact like you know the Austrians have developed that ability to get to get themselves out of a sticky situation. We obviously we don't know what kind of hairdryer Toby Booth is. It's but, horrible to see. It's horrible to see. No, it's not. It's bloody it's great. Absolutely horrible. Oh, don't get so salty, Liam. Support <laughs> West Wales rugby. You know anything from Swansea across. In Bridgend, everything uh, no, from Bridgend West, yeah? Come no, on, Liam, be better, no. be better, please. It's hard to watch, Michael, it's hard to watch. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Do we have m- much more in this game then, or shall we uh, head east? Was there another game, was there? <laughs> Believe uh, it or not. Yeah, so um, Dragons, Pippin, Scarlet's 13-12. Um, I had one eye on it myself. I, I imagine you boys are a bit more invested. Um, but yeah, by the time I got home, I, it was only a little walk up the hill from uh, the brewery field to my house, but oh my God. By the time I got home, I was just so damp. I, I just didn't care <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll come to you first, Biz. Um, yeah, just, well, speak. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward wait, to this. What, what, I have been what, all day. What can you say at the moment? Um, like, Again, first half, Dragons came out. They just looked like they wanted it more. Um, I've been saying it for weeks and weeks. We just looked like we're going through the motions. There doesn't seem to be any grit and determination. Like, the, the boys, I'm not saying that they're not trying. They, they are. Of course they are. They're, you know, they're the professional players and they, they want to win. Nobody likes losing. But this, there's, there's just something missing and I, and I can't put my finger on it. You know, it's... Mm. the. Costello come back from injury. The two kicks that he missed, he shouldn't be missing them. Oh, okay, God, yeah. Is... One, one of them was... That, pretty... that, that, winning, that penalty yeah. at the end where we would have won the game. Yeah. He, you know, he can't be missing them. Like. Yeah. I think that kind of composure, I mean, like, yeah, it could be a, a, slip, a misplaced foot. You know, they took it a bit too lightly. But I think it's that kind of composure which, you know, the, the national coaching team are going to look and go, mm, bloody hell, actually. You know, if you can't get them in a in a in a tight fixture, are we going to rely on him to be making them in a yeah. much more meaningful game? And, and that's and that's the thing. It's like again, it's a, it's obviously a big learning curve for him. You could see on his face that he was absolutely devastated. Um, but then, you know, he's, he's still very young. You know, don't, obviously, don't blame him for losing or anything like that. But it's it, in, in in international rugby, especially them three pointers are. Vital, so you know if he is to take that step up and and, and to kick on, he, he's going to have to work on that. Um, you know, seeing that, like I say, seeing the dragons, we, the dragons were poor. We, we we were worse. It's I don't think it was just you know even in the mud bath that was Bridgend, it was still a better game. Even you know it, on on a nicer pitch. Yeah, so well, it was a pretty bad pitch, was, a pretty bad game. Sorry, it's, yeah. It's it's two teams very very low in confidence. And it was the better of the two. You know, just just pipped us like. Yeah, how, how did you see it, Mikey? I I, I don't like what I'm going to say you. You don't like what you're going to say. I don't like what I'm going to say you. Come on, Michael, spit it out. <laughs> I laugh too, because it's going to leave a very very salty Westwellian testi- t- taste in my mouth now. 
I I thought the Scarlets were in it until the end. Until the last minute, up up, up till the very 80th minute, I thought the Scarlets could have could have pipped it with a try. Until Ollie Griffiths goes and waxes 50, 50 odd meters downfield, then I thought I thought it was pretty impossible to come back from, and an opportunity presents itself for a turnover, and you know Dragons took it and snaffling and sniping yeah. the, the 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 lot. So uh, you know whether it's you know in sport, I think you've got to rely on a bit of luck as well. And I think, you know, that was the Dragons' bit of luck. I, I don't even want to entertain the idea that it was a dead rubber. The game obviously meant something to the players who were playing in it. But I think, you know, conditions played into it. Composure, yes. Missed kick at goal in front of the sticks. It, it all adds up. But I think, um, for, for, I think for me, as a partial neutral, more more night towards the, the dragons than the scarlets, of course, as we understand on the pod and to the listeners. Um, I, I, I could see the scar the scarlets just pipping it at the end, and I, I really would have been a true a reflection of the game at that moment. Maybe not as a whole, but at that moment in the game where the scarlets were on the ascent and I putting think- pressure on the dragons. But fair play to the dragons for for for, for the defensive yeah. effort. And I think that's that's where we're at at the moment. There, there, there seems to be a lack of leadership. There's, there's no composure. You know, Scarlet's in that in the last 20, 30 minutes. You know, they had the chances. They you know, they had the, the 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 territory, and they had more than enough in the tank to actually take that victory. And I think where they're at at the moment, the the, the mistakes they make, their their composure is it's just it's not there, and. Mm. It's like I say. It's, is is that the coaching squad? Is that the players themselves? You know, because you see it. Loads of people are saying Dwayne's out of his depth, shouldn't be there. You know, I, I generally don't know if if we brought in a new coach, you could have, you know, the best coach in the world. And well, you, see, I don't, you, you, you you do see a bit of a reaction in sport with new you coaches do, coming. You have a change of coach. Yeah, you do. Like again, the, the difference last year was when Lee Black had come in. It was a massive change, and and that's where I think. You know, is is Dwayne up to his depth? Do we need a bit more experience there and a bit more, you know, somebody that's... I, I don't see Dwayne as the type to go into the changing room and start shouting at people. Yeah. And, and I like, think that's what's needed a bit. It's, it's, it feels a bit similar to when it was obvious that the Wales squad wasn't really buying into what Pivak was telling them to do. Yeah. Um, about Pivak and his coaching team, I guess. I, I, I just feel a bit like that with the Scarlets. I feel like the players aren't gelling with the coaching team. It just it just seems like they they're going for the motions, executing a game plan, and not really buying into. It. And like I, I feel like the last one or two percent of winning a rugby match sometimes is desire to execute the game plan the best of your ability. If, you know, you can only do that you if you believe at, in it. You look at the way they're set up, though. You look, you know, past two phases, there's no shape there at all. Mm. There, there's, there's there's no game plan. There's no all right, okay, then we're going to do this and we'll execute this. It's like we, we just do the same thing. We pick and go, pick and go, and then it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, and then you think, try something else and then something does work. You know, you, you put your Lloyd into space and you know, he, he scores a, a great try. But then right. that's the only time we put him in space. That's the only time we pass the ball right. On, on, on you and Lloyd, right? Is he better off being in an even more creative place? Is he... Is he better off being he's, 10 or is he better be- off being 13? He's, he's played better at 10. I, felt, I found in that game on the weekend he was lost at 15. 
I think you know we don't we don't see his full potential. Was he better off at thirteen? I mean, he had, he was playing great for Bristol at twelve, but given given how, how creative he can be, is he better off being somewhere further out wide with more space to play with? I mean, at ten you'd be pretty pretty constricted. James Hook, isn't he? You know, he's one of the players who do a job at any position. But what, you know, where would you like to see him, or where would you put him permanently? I actually really liked his, Hockey at thirteen. I thought I thought that was one of his best positions, actually. If, if that's his cross to bear mind, right? You know, is it for the coaching staff to decide? Right, okay, today's today is is this kind of game. He needs to be playing there, or or he needs to be playing here, or there, or anywhere else. We, or is it a fact we've that had this, yeah, we've had this conversation before, and we it's like with James Hook. You know, you're not if 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 a coaching team comes up to you as a professional player and asks you to play somewhere, you're not going to say no. Hmm. And it's I think it's up to a player to say, right, hang on a minute, this is the position that I want to play. I'm not going to be playing anywhere else. But you know, you're in a professional environment, you're not going to do that. You just want to be on the field. Yeah. Is and it, you know, it, it, you're always going to have that hindrance then on you. Or or is it a fact that, you know, I think it's documented that Leon Lloyd wanted to play ten even with Bristol. You know, he yeah. wasn't getting the rub of the green at ten in Bristol. Um so have the Scarlet said to him, look, come here, you'll be 10. And that's sort of opened his eyes and said, all right, that's what I want to carve my potential future. You know, but you know at the weekend, I would have started him at 10 and I'd have had Costello on the bench. Yeah, I think that's the way it's got to be sometimes. It's, you need, if you're two players challenging for one jersey, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Have them challenge. Right, boys, uh, we're going to get beaten by the clock. So when we come back, we'll talk about what's next for scarlets vis-a-vis the challenge cup fixtures as well as the other regions uh so yeah we'll see you in a bit tara all right welcome back everybody um we were going to try and cover the um Gwalia lightning brave and thunder game in a bit more detail but we were beaten by the clock um, but yeah, just in case anybody who's listening wasn't across that, uh, the Lightning beat the Thunder 20 points to five at Rodney Parade ahead of the Scarlet's Dragons uh, derby. The thing we were talking about off the air is was the Celtic Challenge competition they're playing in doesn't seem to have its uh, own website, which is incredibly disappointing. Um, so I ended up having to find this information out via yeah. a combination of Reddit and World Rugby's website. Um, so yeah, if anybody does know how to sort of keep more up to date with that competition, the Celtic Challenge, please let us know. But yeah, after one round, the Thunder are fifth out of six. They're away to the Clovers next weekend, uh, who are fourth. And the Lightning are second, who host sixth place bottom Glasgow Warriors. Uh, Edinburgh top on five points. Um, but yeah, it'd be a, it's a great shame that it's not more visible. Um, so hopefully that changes as uh, as the tournament progresses there. It's like they take one step forward and two steps back. <laughs> they finally get a bit of you know professional-ish rugby for the women's in Wales, and they don't even advertise it. And they don't even got a platform for it. Uh, I try to catch a bit of an online player, but yeah. like the, the 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 coverage wasn't you know it was a bit choppy and changing. Might have been because of the weather, but like um. <sighs> I wasn't sold from this thunder and lightning from the start. The I mean, kits are garbage think, as well. The kits are so I know. It's, it's not like, on. I mean, oh, in, 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 I mean, in Scotland, they they seem to be doing it right with mm-hmm. Glasgow and Edinburgh. I mean, yeah. And the kits, I mean, it, it was commented on, like, I think the Edinburgh kit looked absolutely stunning. Was it? I got to look for this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, compared to, it wasn't a direct replica of the 
for the men's team. But it was mm. a very nice kit. Like, um, you know, I, I've been too fan of the, too a fan of the Edinburgh kits mm-hmm. so far. I think they've been a bit sort of like hit and miss. But that seemed to sort of be like, oh yeah, actually, you know, stick that on as a club jersey where everyone gets to wear it, and you'll do all right. Fantastic, right? Um, we've got plenty to be getting on with you, boys. So, a uh, bit of breaking news you came across. They were in the break just then. Hey. Um, it seems that Thomas Williams and Reese Carey are both off to Gloucester and Saracens, respectively. Uh, I think this has been reported in the Daily Mail. Um, it's been mooted for a little while. Bit of a loss for Cardiff, really. Um, I mean, if the merry-go-round works as magic biz, that sounds like Cardiff are getting Kieran Hardy from you lot. Sounds like it. Um, yeah, that's what the rumours are, isn't it? Uh, again, another nine moving on. Yeah. From from Scarlet, so I thought it was a big mistake that Black ago last year, but uh, he hasn't kicked on at the Dragons. He hasn't really had the game time, um, but he showed that he, he deserved. Um, and yeah, and Kieran Hardy, you know, personally think he's better than Gareth Davis on his day when they're both you know top form. But uh, I think if if he yeah. were, if he were to come to Cardiff, I think he'd he'd suit us quite well actually as his style of play. Um, yeah. Mikey, uh, just snap reaction then on Kari to Saris. What, what do you make of that, bud? <laughs> oh, Saris can have him. <laughs> Genuinely, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan, never have been, never will be, unless I see if Saracens can, can do something with him because, you know, Gatland tried. You know, he didn't respond to Gatland in his, in his latest iteration. In mm. 2019, it was mooted. He, he, he responded quite well to the, to the training and conditioning, but um, his markers... Right, right now, you know, right or wrong, that you know, we've been pretty well to the the, the the more fashionable sort of a what do you call it? It's the Bronco test. Yeah, I do don't think... really think that's a true reflection of of a player's performance. I don't think you pick a fifteen based on your on your on your bloody bleep test or Bronco yeah. test. You know, George George, George Smith. He, he was he was commenting on a while ago. George Smith was probably the most unfittest Australian flanker to ever play the game, but you wouldn't be without him on a Saturday. Do you, do you think the way Gatland and his team dealt with Carey pre-World Cup? As, <laughs> we, we covered this, but as, yeah, it was fucking him. appalling. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Because, you know, you look at you look at him now compared to pre-World Cup. And, and again, I am no one, no person to speak about anyone's physique. You know, it's, it's, it's not, not that at all. But you look at, you know, his, his shape and, and his size and nothing seems to have changed. Listen, no, don't listen to Biz, right? Because he has just lifted his vest up, right? And he has pointed at his eight pack, right? Uh, I've just okay, showed the boys okay. the eight pack I've got in the fridge. Just put it uh, like that. But yeah, but you know, he's, if, you know, the way he was dealt with, the way he was told, right, you're not fit enough, you've got to go away, get fit, and you'll be in with a shout. And nothing seems to have changed, if that, if that makes sense. So, I, obviously. I, yeah, I, I think he's on. happy with how he plays for us. Um, I think he's yeah. a bit of the opinion, well, if that doesn't suit Wales, then that doesn't suit Wales, really. Um, I'll, I'll be sad to see him go, but it's just got, it's got me thinking, which South African loose head is our money bags owner going to buy us? Just... Bring Ethan Jenkins out of retirement. <laughs> he was he was at the brewery field on Saturday looking angry, so uh, who's going to be putting out these corns? How's... Um... How's Kip Sofa settled in Ulster? Does he fancy a trip to go? Easy. Uh, well, well, easy now. 
Yeah. One ginger out, one ginger in is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't want to say that, but I'm glad you, you did. You wouldn't would have to change the team photo, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, boys, we better move on to the uh, upcoming Challenge Cup. So it's not actually this weekend coming, it's the weekend after. Um, I Presumably because the game was on Monday, we, everyone's having a little bit of a rest, uh, which quite sensible, quite nice. Uh, so first things first, Mikey, we'll come to you. Osprey's eighth place in the URC, uh, out of 16. Take on Perpignan in Swansea, who are 13th out of 14. However, Perpignan did beat Castra away last weekend. Castra being sixth uh, in a <clears throat> close contest. How do you see that one going? For me, Osprey's all the way. I, yeah, definitely. 100%. Can't agree more. And, uh, you know, I think having a dust up on a mud patch on a Monday did them no harm at all. Oh, they're going to feel, gonna feel light when they go back to the, the, the Swansea.com, eh? <laughs> Yeah, you know, maybe not not the sort of harp on about it, like, but um, yeah, I think um, you know, they, like we've said, and we've not we've we've said said time and time again, they've developed that grit to sort of put themselves out of a sticky situation if needs be, and and maybe now is the time to go right. Okay, we're in a European game, and we got to stamp our foot, stamp our feet here, and we got to mm. put our marker on this because I don't know would they have played Perpignan previously in the European campaigns? Perpignan, I'm not uh, sure. Perpignan. Two losses as well in the in the competition. Yeah. So with them being at the bottom of the table in in the top fourteen, their their focus is on that. They're not going to want to win that game. Right. Friday, Friday night in Swansea, like it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Although, over, like. I'm, I might be wrong, but isn't it the case now that basically everybody goes through to the last sixteen in the Challenge Cup anyway, apart from the very the bottom, bottom teams? teams yeah. So like it's it's hard not to teams, qualify, yeah. but yeah, you you can imagine it makes, that it's not in it. We will show you how. Yeah. Have you been over the Perpignan? <laughs> <laughs> no, one one I haven't done yet. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, that looks like a good trip. But yeah, Friday night lights in Swansea. I, I can't see beyond Ospreys winning that. Yeah. Um looking forward to it. So uh Biz, you did mention earlier that on Saturday, rather than watching uh, Clement play Scarlets in France, you're uh, you're staying yeah. you're sticking around, you're gonna be in Ebu Vale. Um Yeah. I've had to cancel my trip to Clermont. Some will say that uh, it's a blessing, but uh, I do like my French trips. Um, mm. Yeah, so the Jets next weekend uh, host Stanningley Rugby League uh, in the Challenge Cup. Beautiful. So, you know, we've got managed to get some great facilities up in Everville. Um, I've seen the pitch and it's looking a bit better than the brewery field. I'm going to try between the showers though. I'm going to try my Sorry? absolute arse off to get up there for that because that sounds awesome. So, so yeah, Atlas one kickoff next Saturday, January the thirteenth. Uh, if anyone's at the loose end, um, yeah. come and have a look. What's it's like, um, the Challenge Cup? This is a prestigious competition. Lucky being it. What's the oxygen levels like up here? Is it, you, how how? Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, obviously, it's obviously at altitude. So yeah. that's, that's how we try to uh, <laughs> have the edge on them. Yeah, I, so, I'm not sure if it's an attitude like Loftus first felt is like, but um, I'm sure they'll be um, sucking air from Aberdeen by the end of it. Well, like <laughs> I say they're, they're the team are from Yorkshire, so uh, yeah. probably used to it. Oh, beautiful. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's a big thing next week. Um, and so, yeah, going back to the challenge, uh, the, the Rugby Union Challenge Cup. Um, yeah, so Claremont, ninth from 14th. Uh, they lost at home to second place Bordeaux. Seemed like a bit of a thriller, this 40-35 in their last game. 
Uh, Scarlet, we, we spoke about how they got in the last game, 13th out of 16, Saturday 1pm. Biz, how, how do you see that one going then? Yeah, I could, I, like I said it earlier, and I said it in the group of the day, at the moment, you look at our fixture list, I, I genuinely can't see where we're going to get a win from. Um, even our game against Zebra is away, and I don't think that's going to be an easy game. And, you know, back in the day, you that, that was your banker. But right now, unless something changes, and, and that's the thing, that you know, you, you look back at previous Scarlet teams have gone away, you had some big, big wins out in France. So it, it's not impossible, and I think it's going to take something to just click, and we will we will turn somebody over. But, you know, confidence is low. This stud, Marcel Michelin, is a hard place to go to, and I just can't see us winning it this weekend. It's, 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 it's too hard a place to go, I think. Sorry, lads, I was muted then. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I, I think I, I think I agree with you there, Biz. It's going to be uh, going to be tricky for Scarlett. So, Mike, you got anything to add to that one? No, I think um, I think Biz is quite right what he's saying there. Like, it's a difficult place to go. Like, and, you know, mm-hmm. again, echo the sentiments around uh, Zebra as well. Like, you know, there's a banker, and how you can't guarantee on on anyone. You can't guarantee anyone or anything anymore. Like in in the league, it's become like an. Uh, well, Can't wait to see the scoreline. Speaking of not guaranteeing anything against Zebra, uh, Dragons are away to them at three fifteen uh, on Saturday the thirteenth. Um, so Zebra fourteenth uh, in the URC, Dragons fifteenth. Uh, Zebra did lose twenty four thirty one at home to second place Benetton uh, last weekend. Mikey, can Dragons turn over Zebra in Palmer? Oh, it's a good question. It's a big question. You, I mean, this time last year, you're probably saying no. Mm. Does the answer change this this time this year? Um, right, yeah. But, but, but if if this was the reverse and it was home, you you could probably you know edge edge a pound either way. Mm. Well, if we'd come away with the winning spoils, but being away. Uh, it's, it's different gravy, like any. Um, they give a good account of themselves out in uh, Powell the other day. Um, yeah. Not just 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 missing out on that one. So I I like to think they could even though there's there's more regular rugby against Zebra. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, Zebra. Um, no, is it? Yeah, sorry, Zebra. Mm-hmm. Was my manners. <laughs> um, I, I I like to think they go out there and, and try and latch on to the fact they did well against in the last European game and try and push on from there. I mean, it's, 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 it is different. I mean, it is, I see one-offs, but you know, there's, there's more on it than the league that can't get relegated from. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. They're on a high as well. I mean, you know, they're, yeah, they, well, they come off the back of a win. It's, it's, it's the win that they needed. Um, and again, it's, it's a chance for them to go out there with a bit of a, bit of a monkey off their back, a bit of a chance to say, right, Let's go out there and enjoy it. And, and, yeah. and you know, that's probably going to be the feeling from the coaching staff, isn't it? Come on, guys, let's go out there. It's European Cup. Let's go for the ball about a bit. The weather will be better than they've had in the last couple of games. And hopefully, you know, they can bring back a win. Yeah, and I mean, if you, if you look at Zebra's um, form in this competition, they, they won away in Oyana. Uh And how did they do before that? Uh, 
they lost at home to the Cheetahs, which, yeah, <laughs> that's completely opposite results, really. Um, yeah, could could go either way, actually. I'm I'm quite intrigued by this one. Um, yeah, I think I'll sit down and enjoy that. Uh, finally, then, um, Cardiff have Quinns in the Champions Cup at 8pm on uh, Saturday the 13th. That's been in my calendar for a long time. Um, I'm dead excited. I can't wait. I think we might do it. I think we might beat them. <laughs> oh, it's a big, big, big <clears throat> call that is. I'm just thinking, like, look how I, go, I, I agree. Look how close we pushed Bath. We upped our game against Sale. Yep. Quinn's a sixth out of tenth in the Gallagher. I know it's a, it's a tight tournament, but sixth they are. Um, they beat Gloucester, but Gloucester a ninth last time out. I don't know, man. Like, we could just pip this. Like, it's not going to make any difference. Like, it's not going I through. I think so. But I, this, this is, is going to school old, uh, old Mark Smith. Well, did you see no, it was on the not play 10? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was, it, it was the first, um, it was the first time I've seen Tina's to be a go off, actually, was uh, on Monday. So I'm hoping his <laughs> powers of healing are quite good because his knee was getting quite heavily strapped before he went off and sliced that kick. Um, yeah. Finn rattled Marcus the other day, and I'm sure Tina's looks a little bit more angry than Finn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be rattling, fucking Marcus. Don't um, worry about that. I, I, I do want. Yeah. I, I do want Cardiff to win. I again, I can't see it. I can't I've see seen it. you in an Alaquin shirt, Biz. Grow up. No, you haven't. I have. So no chance. Toulouse spanked. Toulouse absolutely spanked Quins in the stoop, forty-seven nineteen. Uh, and before that, what else happened? Well, what else have Quins been up to in that tournament? Uh, talk amongst yourselves, lads. Uh, you know. What I'm looking forward to the most of that game, I want to see Azarati absolutely get under the skin of Joe Marler. Oh, oh I want to see him rattled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How has Dylan Lewis been doing up there? Has he been playing much? I, I haven't been keeping an eye, to be honest. But yeah, like Quinn's do I, seem I, like I, Cardiff yeah. rejects a bit this season. So, you know, keeping that in the back pocket. <laughs> bit of an homecoming Jared, for both. Jared's um, gutted. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, that's there we go. Look, come on, this way. You have to go all the way bloody back again. <laughs> uh, Quinns did beat Rassin away 31 28. So, uh, again, they've 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 won a difficult game, they've they've been spanked. Um, <sighs> my heart is saying we can do this, my head is saying, yeah, probably not. But I think it'll be high scoring. I think both teams love um, flashy rugby. And you know conditions at the Arms Park, as we've discussed, will be conducive to that. I, th- I think it could be a good game. Eight o'clock on a Saturday as well. What ticket sales are already looking good. Play, if you can play like you did against Bath, if you can play like you did against Bath, mm. and do that for eighty minutes, yeah, you'll be there thereabouts. I yeah. just think they got a bit too much. I mean that that's that's the danger. The the it's, it goes back to what I've said a couple of times. It's sixty minutes comes and our squad depth becomes apparent. Our fitness falls off, yeah. and uh, we haven't really got a sensible yeah. game plan to close a game out. You know, we, we've we've shot the bed a couple of times this season in games we should have won. Like, um, was it Benetton where Kieran Parker decapitated somebody? You know, with with thirty seconds to go to hand in the <laughs> game. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, I, I, as as long as we're in a, like, I, 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 
I think I'm excited just because it's going to be an exciting game. I think there's there's not a lot more to say about that. Um, oh, um, we did have a listener's question about the Scarlet, so we might be. I've completely forgotten. I've gone off on a we tangent. Did. Before we go to that, just a yeah. second. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Don't worry, we'll, we'll cover that up. Just before we go on to the question from the from from the audience. Um, <laughs> We spoke before about sort of like, you know, share it, not using all mm. of the subs. Yep. Is this a day where he doesn't? I think it would have been... Because of the lack of depth and to try and keep that structure. I, I fear it could be the day where it bites him in the arse a bit because this is the game you want some of those youngsters to have a bit more experience. So like, you know, Jacob Beetham came on on the weekend, but I haven't really seen much of him this season, whereas, you know, we'd have liked to have seen a bit more of him... Like Thomas Williams again played like what seventy five minutes before he brought Alice Bevan on, um, and like these are guys who could have done with probably half an hour each week, just to um, you know. So when when we get these difficult games, the the, the sort of second ranked players have got some uh, game time under their under their belts. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I don't know. This it's this a funny one, like because you want to, to. Sorry, yeah, this policy of like not what? not playing or not bringing on the subs all the time could could bite this year. I think. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, then, Mike, I'll ask you a question. Yes, oh, yeah. get him done. So it was. Yes, Come on, fire it out. <laughs> Another patter with a listener, a recent listener, Geraint, who uh, me and me and Biz are familiar with, uh, away away from the pod and no one, and and through rugby and friendships alike. Um, I had a bit of bit of bit of a chat around uh, all all matters rugby, and um, he'd ask we get a bit of a question on the pod. So um, you know, no. Lloydie, um, we'll uh, we'll get your question out, and <laughs> the question is um, in the history of the Scarlets, is this the worst team that's been picked or the worst coach? There's a bit more to it, sort of underlying stats. Do we want to have a rattle around them as well, or yeah, just yeah, no, the I, question as it is? We, 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 we pre- give it, give it to Biz. Give it to Biz. Okay. Yeah. So people this will... I don't, I don't think it's the worst squad that we've had. I think it's the worst pack we've had for a long, long time. Um, you look over the last couple of years. Uh, Ken hasn't played. You know, Ken Owens hasn't played. Samson hasn't played, and he's ended up retiring. You know, we've lost. Uh, Javan Sebastian, we've lost Jake Ball, lost Shingler's retired, lost Jack Moggs, lost Callum Afoni. You know, all these players from Matula. the past that we've, yeah, that, that we've lost in the last couple of years, and we haven't really replaced them with anything, anyone notable apart from Fafita. And Ka- well, and you did Cassiema gone as well, and he was, yeah, doing and great Kassiema, yeah. exactly. You know, it's the, these players, we lost a lot of the old pack. And we haven't replaced them with any notable signings. And you look at our back line, you look at the squad, the squad of our backs. Individually, most of them players will get into any other team. You know, you've got an international back line. And they're low on confidence. And, and that's what I think it comes down to the coaching squad. Um, is Dwayne been out of his depth? Possibly. You know, but like I said earlier, I don't think Dwayne's a type of coach to fire a rocket into the change room. But you I say d- that, right? I mean, he's come from Ulster when Ulster were doing well. 
Yeah, but he was also an assistant coach, and you know, he he wouldn't have been the one back in the orders. And with Ulster so, doing well, my my Peel's job of actually my Peel's job of actually being easier. Um, you know, if you if you're the coach of a winning team, exactly, exactly. And you're de- so, you're, you're second. And, and that's you're, what I think. I think the you know you ask the question: Is is Dwayne too? You know, is is the coach too close to the players? Is he? Is he experienced enough? Is he old enough? You know, is he, has he got that bit of nastiness in him to actually, you know, throw it into the players and and and, and tell them what for? Like, you know what I mean? Because sometimes players do need to be told. You know, there's a way of doing it. Don't get me wrong. You don't just give them the hairdryer treatment. But you know, something's missing, and I, and I and I do think it's on the coaching side of things. And obviously, our pack is very very lightweight. Yeah, there's no weight in the second row. There is it, like you know, no. you said you lost a Jake Ball, you lost a Retuva, you lost Callum Afon. You could play in the second row. I mean, yeah. I'm sure Cassie M could have gone up in the other row if needs be. And there's no other bulky, like you know, there's no bulk. I mean, like what yeah. I couldn't understand the other day, they flittering. Um, oh, who played? Who's the captain? They can't think of his name. They tried playing him eight. Scarlet's captain. Can't think of his name. Uh, Josh McLeod. Yeah, playing him seven, playing him eight. Like <clears throat> he's yeah. for me, he's not an eight. If he's a seven, yeah, but I mean, do you pick it, him ahead it, of Dan Davis? It, I don't. This, this, is, this is where we're at at the moment. You know, it's we haven't got an eight. You know, Karen to a plot. I don't think he's at that standard yet. Yeah, I you think know, I see him similar to Mackenzie. Yeah, I, I see him similar to Mackenzie yeah. Martin. Actually, because he's um, you know got got the stature. Got the raw materials is a question now of does he does does that kick on? Because suddenly they're gonna start meeting seasoned pros. There's 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 glimpses of of you know the first year under Pivak where mm. we've had to resort to the academy, resort to the younger players and give them game time. And fingers crossed in you know two, three years they, they start earning their keep, basically, you know what I mean? But you know we're not in a position at the moment where then players are completely ready for that standard. It's something you see across all of the regions. Actually, I won't say it's the worst squad, but it's the depth. So, like you, yeah. you know, we could all yeah. put up, put out a quite a good first fifteen, but after that, then you, you're struggling, and that's just a consequence of everything we've seen in Welsh rugby over the last few years. I, I suppose players yeah. players get their moments. I mean, like you, if you want to go from sort of east to west, I mean, like you know much great things made about Ryan Woodman in the Dragons. When he's played, great performances. Investing in youth. There's a young centre who played on Saturday as well. Uh, I didn't particularly watch him, but uh, we're, we're around it suggests he hadn't done all right. I mean, you look across to, to Cardiff then with, with Martin McKenzie, Luca De La Rua and Alex Mann. Like, you know, there's a, there's a back row there who you'd like to think could potentially come through together. And then you've got the Ospreys with Morgan Morse and Harry Deves. Um, you know, I think Harry Dees was like was like a man possessed. He was the biggest nuisance I've seen in a long time in an Osprey jersey, behind Justin Tuberg the breakdown. And then you got Morgan Moore stepping off of a mud bath, like, mm-hmm. and then you come come across to to the Scarlet and you put them them plays in the similar. Like, I mean, like if you look at the boys in the row, I mean, would would you put them boys in the same fifteen as 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 the boys from further west, from further east? Even no, you wouldn't. I don't think and they're up there. That's the thing. I think we're severely lacking. 
you know, in the second row and, and, and in number eight. I think that's where we, we you know, there's no grunt there. There's, there's no, nobody there that gives us any good go forward. Like, and, but, 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 but when was um, Fafita and Lousy play, they seem to bring a, bring a bit of grunt, which yeah. isn't, isn't transpiring oh, no, no, see, into the rest of the squad. Just before the game, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Like, you, you, you think with players of them experience, they've, they've played super rugby for Peter's and all black, right? I mean, you, you can't get a higher accolade in in rugby, let's be honest. I mean, I mean whether they want to win the World Cups or not, I mean, you wouldn't, you didn't write them off. But with them two, you've got the same situation as you are in Cardiff with, with Tinas. You know, they're playing all all the game time that they can yep. when, they, when they're fit. And because of the lack of depth in that, in that pack, they're doing more work than they should be. Yeah. And then, then it, it, it's essentially then they're not effective. Yeah. So okay. you get yeah, moments of brilliance from Fafita, from, from, you know, from Nosey. But then you have, they're doing the ball carrying as well. Okay. You know, they're doing the work that they shouldn't be doing because we haven't got that natural ball carriers. But the, I mean, would you struggle? You look, you look at those who you look at Lousy, Fafita, Carl Maffoni, even even Jake Ball to an extent because he wasn't brought to the ranks intellectually. Like you know, they were the scarlet yeah. courtiers. Yeah, of course they were. But I mean, like when you look at you know, if you want to go back that far, you got Rob Evans as well, and you know, Win Jones did a bit of carrying as well, and you know, Win Rob Evans isn't there. Win Jones yeah. is off form. I mean, yeah. Ken isn't there, and you know, I'm not not trying to worry. All of a sudden, it's like, all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> again, you look at Ken. Ken's, you know, is he going to come back? You know, I don't if, think so. if, if he does come back, he's not going to be nowhere near the player he was. No, no, no. And, and and that's the thing down the scarlet at the moment. We've got players like Scott Williams. I've seen a, a, a post on Instagram and saying, "Oh, 2024. Hopefully, I'll get more more rugby." What you know, he's fully fit. Why isn't he playing? Yeah, what's he not doing then? I mean, you know, what's what's he done to you know to to not be being selected? Like, yeah, because you know, if he's fully fit, then surely he's got something to give. Yeah, but but um, yeah, he's, he's uh, a he's an international player. He, like you know, I mean, yeah. him and Foxy worked well in in the Halcyon days of the Scarlets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Mikey, we did have uh, one of our listeners comment as well to get in. Yeah, a bit a bit of a shout out. Uh, oh no, sorry, it was a, is it forbidden a forbidden love even from a from a listener? Oh well, well. Uh, this would be love was uh, the dragons run beaten after Christmas. <laughs> I mean, given that Rory is a dragons oh, fan, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I did have another shout. I, I did have another shout out as well. We come back. Uh, sorry. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Given that Rory um, is a dragons fan, he can love it all he likes. Right? I can't. I can't say it's forbidden. Maybe it's forbidden <laughs> in the sense that um, <laughs> it's an unexpected. <laughs> so the universe oh, yeah. is forbidden it. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll. I'll, I'll yeah. allow it. I'll so, allow it. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't a fan when I seen uh, the Twitter account did the Dragons lose. What did they and do? And they said no. They're the best posts. They are the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, does anybody else have any forbidden loves before we do the shoutouts? Oh yeah, I got a couple. In fact, oh, go on. Then. First off, was um. Can can win his clean kit up until seventy five minutes when he had to try and tackle Keelan Giles. 
that man stayed cleaner than clean on a, the muckiest pitch we've seen in the professional game for quite some time. Him that and was Ben Thomas, actually. Well, yeah. yeah. No, Ben Thomas wasn't clean, was he? I'm sure you would have had the guts at one point or other. No, I, I said to the, the bloke next to you at one point, I can't go over how clean Ben and uh, Carmel look in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. <laughs> what was your other one, bud? And uh, what it was, there was three that wasn't like a bit of, bit of a spiel on the third one, but uh, yeah, I, I did quite like uh, the, the the saltiness in um in some in the commentary I said when uh, Kari come on that uh, oh yeah, gotta go. That reminds me, gotta go, gotta go and uh, pick up two bottles of milk on the way home. I thought that was that was quite quite funny, and um, yeah, that was right a bit for me as well. And uh, lastly, and uh, not to sort of go go back to um going on about the, the, the muddy pitches sort of around that I like, but um, sort of the general rugby populace on Twitter. And I did try quoting Twitter on X and he wouldn't let me do it, hmm. preventing me from saying Twitter, which obviously was a misspelling by my standards, of course. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, people go absolutely mental about the state of the pitch. Like, you know, like I said, the game was always going to go ahead. He was in the best location for the game. But uh, I really do feel like that. Not that I know, of course, but I think some of the people they're commenting on the state of the pitch have clearly never played a game of rugby in their life to understand what it is to play in wet conditions. I mean, you know, like I said earlier on, like you know, bottom pitch up here, the lines members, the lifeguard, and the physio had a snorkel on. Like, so you know, you, you know what it is to play in them kind of conditions and you respect it and appreciate it and enjoy it when you get to see it at, at a professional level because, you know, them boys are only human at the end of the day and they can only play what's in front of them like we all can. You know, it's the same for both sides. And both, I felt both Cardiff and Australia's weathered it incredibly well and did themselves justice. We can't all be fair with the players like Liam here who <laughs> only likes to play in the sunshine. I mean, well, but, yeah, you, you know, you could have stayed in the pub and played darts. I wish I had problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speak well, to me I mean, when uh, teams are deliberately leaving their grass long to slow me in particular down. Because uh, I tell you, <laughs> it's, it's, it's why I was. It's why my strike rate was so poor. Because <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> and, 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 what was that for me as well? Like you know, even in a time before um, these 4G pitches, like hark back 50 years to the 70s, right? <laughs> That's the kind of guy I am. But we've all seen that picture of Fran Cotton on Lions Tour. Right? Yeah, we've all, all seen that on, like, you know, when you Google muddy rugby pictures. If not, I'll drop it in the group after. <laughs> but I'm sure we've all seen it. Did we care then? No, we loved it. We loved each and every minute of it. Yeah, Michael, but, but that was closer to the end of World War Two than it is to now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's so they not, said that's closer to the end of World War II than we are to World War Three. I don't know about it's that. It's not the 70s. Anyway, yeah, we didn't my, my didn't forbidden love was completely different. Was the big game fifteen in Twickenham? That's how you put on a, on an event. That's how you put you know the match day experience there was sensational. And in the Guinness Premiership, they just do it far better than we do it in Wales. Yeah, from I mean, King's Home to Twickenham, it's a better experience. My uh, mine sort of ties in with that. My my forbidden love is things I want to see in twenty twenty four lists, uh, because I hate myself for joining in. But what I really want our investors to bring is a new PA system in the Arms Park, so I can actually hear what the fuck the announcer is saying. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, Michael, 
it's a professional game and it's an entertainment industry. And if games were like that, week in, week out in the very field, then you have nobody turning up every week. Oh, I don't know. You get... Of course you would. It's rubbish. You'd get more anoraks sold anyway, put it that way. The dinosaurs will be flocking again. Anyway, I... Um, yourself. Right, boys. Uh, do we have any more shout-outs? We, we, Jets at Ebu Vale, uh, we've covered uh, in some detail. Really looking forward to that one. But it's good. All the best. We, we'll probably speak to you actually before the... Because, we'll, yeah, we'll probably do a pod... Yeah, we'll have next Monday, even though there's even though there's no rugby, but um, yeah, that leaves it open to have some open-ended discussions. So that could be fun. We'll, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe tick some things off the bucket list there, Mikey. Yeah, I've been sort of interested to have sort of a, a deeper dive into sort of uh, Marta's rugby league, and um, I think it, my my interest did spike along with the uh, with the efforts of Wales in the World Cup that went not so long ago. Like, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you know. I think as a, as, a, as we've become an all-inclusive pod, as we always strive to be, um, we've got an avenue here into the thirteen-man code, and um, I, I think there's a little bit of something we can we can we can do with it. I don't know what it is yet, but uh, I think there's something something there maybe right. for the off-union season and on-league season. Maybe not that I'm well-versed or any of us are well-versed. Maybe busy a bit more well-versed in league than we are. Like, but um, I'm sure we can wax lyrical about it if yeah, needs be. We have a, we have a um, chat. Any more shout-outs uh, before we uh, wrap him up, Ben? Yeah, shout-out you. Um, uh, uh, um, shout-out to uh, go well, go long, and good luck for the rest of the season, boys. And um, hope it all goes well. And I, um, as I understand it, we've got a game against Nelson coming up shortly, so um, don't go too well, obviously. But um, <laughs> just just go well enough up till that point, then you can drop off for a week and then uh, get back to winning ways. So, Sorry, uh, Mikey, my, my, my internet connection died. Just I, I got all of the shout out apart from the name of the people you were shouting out. So, if you were to oh, so give us the name again, one then? more time, no, well, not so, the whole thing, just the name. Sorry, oh, right. Well, it's bloody technology, must be the weather. I don't know. Um, so the shout out was to uh, Oshan Lloyd and Abacanon and the Nines. Go well, go long, boys, and uh, yeah, all the best for the rest of the season. Second, go well, lads. All right, nice and nice. Thanks for uh, chatting with me tonight. Thanks for tuning in, dear listener, and we will see you next time. Ta-ra.